it's almost vital at this point that kids learn about entrepreneurship um, because one thing they don't necessarily teach in school is how to go find money, how to create something that's actually desired by people who will exchange that product or service for money. And when you're out in the world, that's really what you're doing, whether it be as an entrepreneur or as an employee. Welcome to another insightful episode of Parent Entrepreneur Power. In this podcast, Mary Catherine Johnson and Evan Johnson highlight the successes and struggles of parents in business. They share how to be the example of success in entrepreneurship to foster the same in your child, and so much more. Are you ready to power up? Okay, welcome everybody to Parent Entrepreneur Power. I am here, as always, with my lovely co-host, Mary Catherine Johnson, slash my mom. <laughs> and uh, we have an incredible guest with us today, Thomas Hipke. And uh, I think we're in for a good conversation. Welcome, Thomas. Thank you very much. Great to be here. So just so everybody's on the same page, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, what you do, what you've done, um, and get, get us up to speed. So I am from Salt Lake City, Utah. I have an incredible wife of 13 years. We actually just celebrated our 13th year anniversary, which is exciting. Thank you. Um, we have four kids. We have an 11, nine, seven, and two-year-old. Uh, and that is a, more than a full-time job. So it's a little bit about me. I've spent most of my uh, work experience in sales at this point. Um, started off doing a bunch of random things and then quickly found that I could control my income with, uh, with sales. And so I've, I've done that both as uh, an entrepreneur and then as um, uh, an employee of a great company. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> and that's pretty cool. You got four kids. I think that's the most of anyone that we've had on the show so far. Really? Wow. Okay. Well, I come from a family of nine. I have uh, wow. six brothers and two sisters. So oh my every time I talk to my mom, um, she's always like, Tommy, you're behind quota. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, I keep telling her I need to pump the brakes a little bit, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You're, you're not even halfway there. What the heck? I, uh, yeah. You know, well, 35 with four is not too bad for me right now. You're, so. <laughs> you're doing fine. You're doing yeah, good. We're, we got a good pace right now. So. Yeah. There's a big, there's a big break between what, seven and four. So that's not too big. Um, no. Nine and four. Yeah, big, big break. Yeah, like, big. Like five sets of diapers. <laughs> wow. So that's yeah. good. You've got it broken up into two sections. You know, they're kind of becoming self-sufficient. And now you got two little ones. And yeah, it's like a, it's like a fam, two families of two. Well, I mean, 11, nine, seven, and two. So really the three oldest ones are kind of grouped. Ah, and then we have a younger one. That's um, where I got it wrong. Yeah, yeah I thought you- there's a little bit of a break just because, you know, at one point we had two, two of them in diapers and that was just maddening, um, nearly drove us to bankruptcy, not literally, but, yeah. uh, um, you know, and so now, you know, the oldest, she's great. Uh, she's like a little mini mama, mm-hmm. can, you know, entertain the baby, feed the baby, change the <laughs> baby, um, which is just such a helpful thing. You know, as they get older, they can start to take care of themselves. They can feed themselves. And then when we can kind of also, um, have her, learn some of those life lessons because I mean 
it's incredible how how older kids really like they kind of find themselves in a state of higher responsibility. And so when they grow up and they become an adult, they're a very functioning individual, I found. Yeah. At least yeah. like, you know, yeah. older kids. Anyway. Yeah. But uh so it's a good life experience for her at eleven yeah. years old. Yep, definitely. I got it wrong. I put put the seven-year-old into the four-year-old category for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So let's, um, you know, in terms of being an entrepreneur, you've navigated this journey since I knew you. And I think I met you probably four years ago. Yeah, Um, four years ago. Yeah. So, uh, you know, navigating this entrepreneurial journey, how have you been able to kind of use that or do you think it's important to use that to show your kids the uh, the option of entrepreneurship yeah definitely it's, it's it's almost vital at this point that kids learn about entrepreneurship um, because one thing they don't necessarily teach in school is how to go find money how to create something that's actually desired by people who will exchange that product or service for money and when you're out in the world that's really what you're doing whether it be as an entrepreneur or as an employee, um, when you're on an, as an employee, if you don't produce what you're needing uh, that the company needs, you're soon going to no longer have a job. So when you're an entrepreneur, it's even more important because, you know, you wear all the hats and you, you know, all the responsibility falls on you. So unless you're able to exchange um, your, your product or your service, um, your expertise um, for money, then you're not going to be doing it much longer and so instilling that in a kid, um, in your child or in your, in your children is really vital so that they're able to hit the ground running as they become, you know, 18, 19, 20, or whenever they move out of the house. So, uh, one, one example, um, that I have of what my family did is, um, at one point, you know, we homeschool our kids. So, uh, my wife is always doing fun arts and crafts or science projects with them. At one point, we made uh, beeswax wraps, a piece of cloth filled with beeswax. And it's used to keep your food fresh, you know, just, you know, very eco-friendly, reusable, uh, used it like you would saran wrap. And they made it. A couple of her friends saw it. We're like, holy crap, can we pay you some money and you make us some? And my wife was very flattered. She's like, absolutely. This is exciting. I one day had this, it's either genius or idiotic idea <laughs> of taking it door to door. I'm like, what if we just you know, knocked on a couple of doors and said, Hey, would you be interested in this? Um, my wife uh, freaked out again. And she's like, that's a great idea. Go, go, go. The first day, the first hour, uh, we ended up making 75 bucks, um, which doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're making 75 bucks an hour, that was like very encouraging, very exciting. So the kids wanted to come along and I said, okay, cool. Uh, if you do this, you're going to learn the pitch. Uh, you're going to learn how to, you know, do this whole thing. So that it's not just me walking up there with a bunch of kids because that's a little random. Um, so I taught them the pitch. It was a quick 15, 20 second pitch. And uh, they were just monsters. Um, so it started with my kids. And that was really exciting because, you know, we ended up paying them. It was like a, almost like a sales commission. So now all of a sudden they're buying pizzas, they're buying stuffies, they're buying, uh, I think my daughter bought a guitar, um, my, my nine-year-old. Um, so, you know, all of a sudden they have this money and then they can do stuff. And they're like, you know, hey, dad, can we go out for pizza? I'm like, you got money? They're like, absolutely. I'm like, sweet, you're buying. Um, I, <laughs> I'll fly you by. Uh, so that's a good lesson to learn. 
And so after that, um, some of their friends uh, started to catch wind of it with, you know, their parents and then them as well. And they started to come on board. Um, and it was really exciting for them because, you know, some of them are taking horseback lessons, some of them are taking dance classes. And now all of a sudden, um, that financial stress on the parent of my friend's kids are lessening because they're able to find a way to make money and, and do the things that they want. And so we're going through Salt Lake City and we're demolishing neighborhoods. I mean, just like you imagine like nine kids. It's like herding cats, quite frankly. They're just knocking on doors and they're just demolishing neighborhoods. And that was fantastic because all of them really had this sense of like, you know, I, I want this thing and I know how to get it. And that's the most important thing. It's like knowing what you want is, is very extremely important. But how do you get that thing? Once they did that, it's almost like turning a key. It's unlocked. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, wow let's go get it. And so. not only that, I mean, what you're basically saying is you have a, um, a product that environmental impact is just extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And then you're also helping the kids understand how they can not just have that impact with mm -hmm. this product, but then also they can impact their own lives to be able to take care of themselves whenever they need to. And they tap that skill whenever they need it. Now they have a skill. Now, the only right. thing you have to do is instead of just giving them the script, showing them why you develop that script so that right. they can now go out and any product that they believe in, they can develop their own script to be Absolutely. able to go sell it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and I think one of the most important things is just teaching them there's other ways to get money than going and applying for a place, hoping you get the job and then working at that job. For us, it wasn't something that we just, you know, it's not like we have this big grand plan. It just kind of naturally evolved. And it was great because it really showed them it's like, cool, uh, you can quite literally take nothing and make something and actually um, make a, a, an okay living from it for a period of time. Um, that one's fairly seasonal, um, the way we, we structured it. But the idea that you can just take this random, like fun little thing that you found online and then get money for it. Uh, it's very, very nice versus just like your only option is to go to school, go to college, get your degree, and then land this job. That's absolutely not the only way to make money in life. Wow. Very true. That's really cool. Are you like, if they, well, when they grow up to the point of college, and if they decide they don't want to go to college and they want to focus on something entrepreneurial, like, like what they've done, would you be like, no, you have to go to college or would you support that? Uh, it depends on what they're wanting to do. I mean, I obviously wouldn't like withhold them from uh, going to college. College nowadays is dramatically different than what it was in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Back then, a family could set aside five or $10,000 a year and fund the kid going to school. Now it's almost like a whole annual salary. It's like, you know, 40, 50, you know, $70,000. And when you look at the statistics, about 40% of those students actually go into college, uh, end up not completing the major that they actually are paying for. And then, you know, I can't remember how many students actually drop out of college. It's quite fascinating. Take that and then couple it with this new economy that we have where, you know, you have things like YouTube, you have things like Skillshare or LinkedIn Learning or all this online education like Khan, Khan, Khan Academy. Um, you have so much information that's at your fingertips that it doesn't matter what you want to do, you can find your way to do it. 
for me, I actually dropped out of school in the sixth grade. Um, I said, this is stupid. I'm not learning. I'm done. I did go back a little bit after that just because I was bored and uh, wanted to go back, but I didn't actually complete any other grades. I'd like say, cool, eighth grade. I want to hang out with my friends. So I went back for a, a month or two or something. And then just, you know, said that this is silly. Um, and then what I did after that is like, I had friends who played online games. They're massive multiplayer online uh, role-playing games called MMORPGs for short. And I saw this and I'm like, holy crap, there's a whole world over here and I want to play it and I want to learn how to, you know, do this stuff. But I really didn't know how to read too well. I didn't really know how to type too well. I didn't really know how to spell too well, but I was really interested in these games. So when I played these games, I actually taught myself to read, write, and spell playing video games because I was had so much interest in it. Now I can, you know, type 50, 60, 70 words a minute, depending on what I'm typing. I can type without looking. Um, I've read hundreds of books. I've taught myself uh, at this job, Adobe Illustrator and Adobe Photoshop. Pluralsight has this um, this assessment test and I actually scored in the, the 83rd percentile um, for Adobe um, Illustrator, which is pretty incredible considering I you know, never went to college. I have no formal education and it's just me playing around long enough to figure a bunch of things out. And so, you know, even earlier in my life, um, I was a maintenance manager at a hotel, zero maintenance experience there, like zero. So I could figure things out. And I taught myself to patch carpets, you know, wallpaper, you know, stained doors, like fix things, you know, HVAC, plumbing, like it all kind of fell on me. And because I had that determination and that willingness to just kind of jump in and learn, um, I did pretty well at it. It's funny because at that point, that's when I found the wonderful world of sales and uh, started to make a lot more money. But, uh, it, you know, it's it, college is not, and just in my personal experience, it's not what it used to be. And even if it is the same, um, the options out there are just so much more at your fingertips. It's actually quite incredible what you can accomplish. Um, it's not your only option. Like entrepreneurship is an option and not just a nine to five. Um, you have so much more information. So you don't have any like education after I don't have grade? a GED. I don't have wow. um, a college degree. Um, I, yeah, it's all, it's all in here in my head. Um, and uh, just a tenacity for getting things done. That is very impressive. Yeah. I'm very impressed. I love that. I wish that <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've, honestly, I could probably have talked to her about this before as well, but like, I could probably forget everything I, I learned in school from about sixth grade on and be just <laughs> as fine as I am right now. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, just, you know, and it, I'm not going to uh, knock, you know, uh, publication or public education and, and other things. Cause obviously I feel like there's a time and place for that. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, just like this conversation we're having, there's, there's so much information. I mean, Wikipedia alone is just like, you can learn so much from that, um, so much free information, so much paid information. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, and especially so like what you were talking about, I, I, um, I see what you're how you're structuring your life now. Whereas, um, yes, I agree. I, I agree with Evan completely. It's so impressive. The uh, the tenacity and the ability for you to just teach yourself what you need to know. And with that. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm sure you're not going to say that it was just easy and it was no big deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely not. 
So in that sense, it's not like you want your kids to have to do that. So in other words, you are structuring your life to give your kids a leg up, so to speak, that you you didn't necessarily have with your wife's homeschooling and allowing them to learn, I'm sure, at their own pace, what they enjoy, all those things. So basically, that that allowed you to structure your life that way. And that alone, the fact that we can now, and especially now that parents have seen that uh, uh, public education isn't necessary <laughs> right. uh, because of the fact that we've we've stayed home for a year and a half. Uh, you know, some people <laughs> coming up for two years just learning online. So now they realize, hey, we can just learn online. We don't overall, need to go do this. I definitely yeah. think that, like, I feel like overall, and like you said, there's a time and place. But I've just found that overall, public education is just glorified babysitting. Yeah, no way. I mean, you know, I'm not. I'm not. No, tell that. us how you really feel, Evan. <laughs> I mean, there's a time yeah. and place you do learn things, all that kind of stuff. But like, especially last year, you can learn from home. You dropped out of school in the sixth grade and here you are on a podcast with us. Like, yeah, you know, right? you're, you're Hashtag yeah. big deal. <laughs> Hashtag epic dude here. Um, no, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I don't necessarily like to, um, you know, publicly like, you know, bash or mock or ridicule or, or really do any of that. Um, all I can say is it's, it's, it's vital um, who is teaching your kids and what they're teaching your kids. And if you don't have an eye on that, you're really setting your kids up for some difficulty in life. It's just, it's, it's like, you know, you wouldn't necessarily just, you know, leave yourselves in the hands of, you know, some random person and just hope they do what's best for you. You kind of take it upon yourself to create the, the, the life experiences that you need and want in your life. Uh, it's really no no different for what your kids are doing day to day. You really need to just pay close attention to what's going on in the classroom, what they're actually teaching, and um, just making sure that they're getting what they need at the time that they need it um, so that they can actually be successful in school or be successful in life. Because, I mean, it really, that's what school is kind of for is like, you know, sets you up for to be an adult, uh, teach you all those things that you need to do and um, and have you succeed. Um, and really that, that, the ultimate responsibility falls upon the parent to actually uh, own that um, and and run with that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I know, I don't think Evan knows this, uh, but, but his dad, my husband and I talked about this at length when they were starting school and all the way through school, because even when they were first starting school, they both went to little private preschools, right? You know, the one Evan went to was like an art school. So they taught through art. And the, the one that Riley went to was another private school locally here where it was, a, you know, it was a private school and it went all the way up to like eighth grade. So um, through that process, they started with that. But then we had to make the decision, are we going to homeschool? And this was, you know, more than 20 years ago. So homeschooling was not as easy as it is now. Still, it was available, not using that as an excuse at all, but homeschool, public school or private school. Mm. And we couldn't afford private school, just hands down, just that's just the way it was. We could not afford private school. (laughs) Homeschool, we were like, I guess I really, you know, we both had bachelor's degrees from universities, we could figure it out, but we, the whole process, we, uh, we didn't investigate it very deeply and it wasn't as mainstream. So we were a little uncomfortable, but we knew that if we were going to go to public school, we knew that in order to have them have more of a private school education, so to speak, or at least um, be able to 
to make their way beyond just what they were taught in the, in the classroom, we would have to be very involved. Yeah. And that's the choice you make. If you're going to go to public school, then the parent must be involved. And like every night we would talk about what did you do with your homework? What did you learn? What do you show me what your books, you know, what you're doing and all. We were part of the process, not like we were, you know, um, hammering Helicopter them parents. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're not like, you must do this, you know, right. It, it was really trying to involve the, you know, the be part of the conversation, but we knew we would have to do that. Um, yeah. If we went to public school, not necessarily that you want to just leave it alone and sit back and relax, obviously, but we wouldn't have to be as involved. Um, so that's the choice you make. And then of course, you know, homeschool, you're it, man. You know, not just it, because there are many the other options. Teacher, the principal. <laughs> I, uh, his, my younger son, um, his last couple of years of high school, we actually did homeschool and mm. I went through the whole process, creating wow. a school, registering it with the state, naming it. I mean, I was the principal, I was the teacher, I was, you know, it was the whole thing. And, and, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cook, you know, lunch monitor. I don't care. What do you want to call it? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's fantastic though. Yeah, but that's what you have to do. You have to be involved. I agree 100%. So with that, I'm sure when they come time to decide, do I want to go to college? Do I want to become an entrepreneur? Do I want to just go straight into a job? Do I want to travel the world? Whatever they want to do, um, you're going to know their personalities and be able to, you know, help them be the best they can be. Yeah. And I mean, you know, honestly, you don't need to wait until they're 17 or 18 and ready to move out to to do much of that. Um, you can really start them off early. Uh, like my nine-year-old, uh, she had an interest in Photoshop and I've been slowly teaching her Photoshop. I'm like, sweetie, uh, you keep practicing this. By the time you're 14, you'll have an incredible portfolio. Um, I can help you get some freelance work. I know a ton of people that need some day-to-day -day stuff. You can get your, you know, cut your teeth on that. By the time you're 18, we can get you started with your own um, agency, you know, and then, you know, by I, it's like when I was a kid, I had a lot of interest in, in podcasting, believe it or not, and then other things and videography and, and music and, and all that. And I really wish I had somebody there to hold my hand to kind of, you know, encourage me to reach, uh, not just, you know, you have this desire, but you don't know what to do with it. So you're just kind of like floundering. Um, but it's like, cool, like you have that interest. Let's go, let's go after it. Same thing with my son. You know, I, I invited him into the car and like, buddy, what are you interested in? And keep in mind, he's like seven years old, but you know, it's like, you know, what, like, I'm like, I, I always liked robotics. Like, would you be interested in building like a robot or something, you know, and play around with that sort of stuff? Not like a high tech, like Boston dynamics robot, but just like learning some stuff, like learning electricity and electrical theory and, um, you know, learning how like servos and motors and all that stuff works. Um, so I'm going to be getting a kit for him and we're going to be playing around with that. And uh, he's seven, you know, if you keep doing that by the time he's 15, he's going to be like this genius. Um, and it's just because you're, you're fostering that interest. And if you, you know, if you fostered at the right time in the right spot and, you know, just be very loving and caring about that. Uh, I mean, your kids are just going to be a beast when they get out on their own. Um, I kind of tease them like, you know, when you become a millionaire, you're going to have to, you know, look back at me and, you know, buy me something, you know, nice or something. <laughs> are you kidding? Evan, what do we say all the time when, when, when we talk about it, when we, when you become a millionaire, can you like, you know, have a little granny unit for mom and dad? Just kind of <laughs> 
back, you know, because of the uh, backyard. And <laughs> yeah, man, at least throw me like a Costco card or something. Like, just <laughs> get that discount, you know. <laughs> Yeah, Evan, I know it has a lot to say about that, too, because that's exactly it. Instead of trying to force your kids into one thing or another, they must be an entrepreneur or they must go to college or any of those kinds of things. If you listen, if you expose them to different things, you give them opportunities to grow and, and see what they like and see what they're good at and all those things. That's exactly what we're talking about. And that's what I was talking about, that I just kind of fell into this. Same mm -hmm. thing with Evan and Riley, both. Evan, I needed somebody to help me with the podcast and figure out mm -hmm. how to how to edit this whole thing and, and get it done for me because I was getting too busy. And I just went to him and said, want to earn some extra money and learn how to do this. <laughs> right. We got some piecemeal rate, like piece rates. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you got to give mom a discount, right. From here forward, I'll get you other clients and you can charge them the full price, but not yeah. mom. <laughs> just remember those diapers. <laughs> right. How many of those did I have to change? <laughs> I can use guilt really well. Yeah. Oh yeah. For shizzle. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, that's the way to do it. I mean, and, and just like you, I mean, it, whether you're an actual full-time entrepreneur or not and making millions of dollars or whatever, it does not matter. You can still do all of these things, whether mm -hmm. or not you actually have a quote successful business. This is just, to me, it's kind of just parenting one-on-one, -on -one, right? Get to yeah. know your kid, it, give them opportunities, understand who they are, find, see what their strengths are, see what they enjoy and allow them to flex those muscles. Totally. Yeah. I think one of the most profound things for me is, um, you know, when my firstborn Abigail, when she was born, um, it was an incredible experience. I, I always knew I wanted kids. I always kind of, you know, love the idea of a big family, but it's, you know, obviously the woman is going through some very life-changing, you know, physical situations. There's no discounting that. But as a guy in the relationship, it's quite interesting how, um, you know, as big or as strong as you might be, it, it's incredible how hopeless you can feel um, or how um, ineffective or, you know, just helpless while, you know, your wife is going through uh, birth and, and all that. And, you know, it's like, you know, obviously the doctors and the nurses are there to do what they do. And all you can do is just kind of stand there and, and hold your hand uh, or hold, hold the, your wife's hand and, and just be there as much as you can for that moral support. Um, but, but it's a very humbling experience. So, I mean, from that point forward, I just knew I, I really wanted to try to do things in my life um, that would give my kids the best result for success uh, as they grow up. So, but it's, it was an incredible experience, very humbling. Absolutely. Um, and not only that, uh, when you say helpless, I mean, <laughs> that, that experience prepared you perfectly for having a newborn when you are, you are just helpless to do anything but feed and change and you can yeah. control nothing. They're going right. to cry if they want to cry. They're going to have a fever. They're going to, I mean, all those things you have no control. You just hope you can stick a bottle in the mouth or a breast, whichever one you're going to do and, and clean the other side. And that's it. Yeah. One thing that was incredible for me though, is, is it, it was amazing how natural being a father was to me. And I, I don't know if everybody goes through that, but you know, it might have something to do with the fact that I always wanted kids, but it was incredible. Like, like 
Like one day there's no baby. Your wife's pregnant, but there's no actual baby with you. Um, the next day there's a baby with you, you know, car seat, bottles, diapers, the whole nine yards. And it was incredible how natural that felt. Like I was trying to think back. I'm like, what was it like? Like just me and my wife. And I couldn't even really like get my head around it. It was such a unique experience and fun and, you know, strange at the same time. It's just, it was, it was awesome just how natural uh, it, it all became. Yeah. Well, and then um, you get to the uh, to the other side of that. And very recently, my husband and I went away and uh, went on a trip for a few days by ourselves for the first time. Oh my gosh! In like you're 20, twenty again, two years. I mean, it was like, what's happening? And it was so amazing, Thomas. I got to tell you, I was so excited. I'm going to do this more often now. Because when, uh-huh. when we came home, besides the other reasons of feeling like you're 20 again, that's different. But sure. when we came home, it was so exciting. We walk in the door and everything's great. And, and they're kind of hanging around us going, okay, you know, how, how was it? And we're like, good. And, and all of a sudden my husband went, wait a minute, what's that? They had bought, Evan and Riley had bought us a new TV. Oh my gosh. And, and huge speakers, round sound speakers while we were gone. This was their like gift to us while we were gone as a celebration the, the that we finally going away party. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what's happening? Did you get him a nice t-shirt? Like <laughs> best son of the year award goes to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Right. That's I mean, so you have, no, you have no idea, obviously wait, these, these yeah. are the kinds of things that you, you all of a sudden now, yeah, it's going to be full circle and you're going to be like, wow, how, how, what in the world? And of course, most of the time you always talk about the kids anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to, yeah. that's just a fact of life. They're, they are your conversation. The majority of your conversation, that's going to continue, but it's very different when you're like by yourself and you have no one else to worry about what they want to eat. If they want to go do this or not, if they want to go see this or not. It was a, uh, it was ice cream, foreign, very <laughs> you foreign. Pizza? <laughs> Am I going to drink awesome. glass of wine and worry about, or a cocktail or, I mean, you know, it's yeah. just like totally foreign concept. And it was, it was amazing. And then they were just the, the most amazing kids. You know, we came home and had a beautiful gift and, you know, our TV was definitely had seen it's some on its way out. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it's a awesome surprise. Yeah. It's amazing. Knock it out of the park, Evan. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> we had to, we were throw, you know, we had to throw a good party while they were gone, so we needed adequate equipment. Ah, you there know? we go. Yes, that's yes. a good reason too. Of it's course. Like, oh yeah. Um, happy anniversary or something like. Yeah, happy. Here's a new TV. <laughs> if a guy named Phil comes around looking for something, just just shut the door. He's weird. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know anyone named <laughs> Phil, but just in case. Yeah, <laughs> just who knows? You know, who knows? <laughs> I, I think it was broken in with a few video games, if I'm honest. It was broken uh, through I'm, a little bit, and we watched a movie. Ooh, crazy! I know. Oh man, what did you, what did you end up watching? Uh, Shazam! Oh my gosh, that's such an underrated film. It's so good. <laughs> oh, it's so, it's so good. She hasn't seen so it. Funny. Uh, it's a it's a superhero movie. But it's like a funny superhero movie. I figured as much. The name yeah. kind of, yeah. 
Yeah, it sounds sounds about right. Oh, you're talking about that suit? That oh, okay. I was thinking Shazam with Shaq. Oh Oh, no! Oh, I'm thinking Shazam, like the one that came (laughs) out like a like a year or two ago. Oh man, the superhero one, which is also good. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good one too. Um, I had something else in mind. That was actually a really funny video. Yes, Uh, I know which one you're talking about too. Yes, (laughs) but yeah. We've definitely broken it in with uh, lots of Marvel movies. And uh, yeah, we've got like the Amazon and the Netflix and the HBO and the Disney Plus and the whole. I mean, we don't we we got rid of cable quite a while ago, thankfully. Um, well, yeah, because so, you wouldn't have to pay for cable twice with, you know, $13.99 for Netflix and $7.99 for silly. Disney Plus. I was just like, silly. OK, like, just yeah, knock silly. Them all out. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. We never, we never watched anything. I mean, we watched maybe two channels when we were yeah. on cable anyway. So now it's, we sit down and oh, the, the options are <laughs> seemingly endless. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah. As we begin to wind down the, the podcast, we'd like to end with, uh, with a big question. Oh, um, go. so Let's say, you know, let's say you die tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of entrepreneurial legacy would you be leaving your kids for them to use as an inspiration as they grow into, you know, potential entrepreneurs themselves? Um, I think just a legacy of um, the understanding and the confront, the ability to, you know, uh, take a look at what it takes to get something done. Oftentimes in life, you know, I remember this time when I was a, when I was a maintenance manager and there was a, a pipe that just was leaking. And, um, you know, one of my guys, he's like, I can't get it to stop leaking. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like just get it to stop leaking. Um, and then, you know, I realized like as the maintenance manager fell on me, you know, like I needed to be responsible for this. And so, um, took me a little bit of time, but I eventually got to stop leaking that lesson. Uh, just of a leaky pipe was uh, pretty impactful. And so, you know, the legacy that I think, um, I think that my kids have of me now, like that thought of me now is just um, the tenacity, the willingness to just get something done despite the obstacles, despite the barriers and getting that done so that you can get what you want in life. That's amazing. Yes. (laughs) Just because it's hard. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's impossible. Exactly. Just keep doing Learn it. The game. Just keep playing it. Learn the rules and go conquer. Heck yeah. Never, never stop learning as well. Oh, oh yeah. never, 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 never. Thomas, thank you so much. It is so good to see you again. I mean, we've, we've pathed, been on each other's paths over the years. Uh, definitely kept in touch at least once a year, typically, uh, you know, and uh, I'm so, so thankful that you're here. Thank you so much for joining us. And for those thank people for who, for those people who are listening and are interested in you and what you do, uh, where can they find out more about you? If, uh, mm-hmm. if there's a place. Yeah. I mean, LinkedIn is probably the best place. I'm also on Facebook, but I need to update a lot of information there. I think my background logo is thoroughly out of date, um, but LinkedIn is probably the best place to, to find me. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Thomas, for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Parent Entrepreneur Power. Hopefully you came away with valuable tools you can use in your business, 
life, and relationship with your kids. If you want to hear more about our mission, or if you want more insights into cultivating your parent entrepreneur power, join our movement to make entrepreneurship more accessible to parents and their kids at parententrepreneurpower.com.